word why. What a curious word. The kind of word that can make us cringe, feel defensive, or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. A key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. Looking forward to this conversation. I was just saying off air that I've been sort of dropped into this MMA boxing world, and I never thought that I would. And the appreciation that I now have, my own little personal slant here, is one that I did not think I would um, have experienced. And so um, I'm speaking now with Ali Abdelaziz. Uh, he is the founder and president of Dominance MMA Management. And Ali, we were saying off air, I, I got a chance to sort of see you in your element when I was interviewing Habib in the octagon um, for Eagle FC a while back. And just to see people's reverence for you, the way in which they connected with your energy in the space. Talk about, let's work sort of our way backwards. Talk about your role as an ambassador in the MMA world um, and maybe the sense of responsibility. I know that you you talked about, and if you're willing to share, you know, Habib just went into the Hall of Fame, right? And you talked about writing that, you know, the speech and wanting to do do well by him, by someone that you consider a, like a brother that you look up to in that regard. You wanted to do that well. So talk about being an ambassador uh, in the MMA world. You know, I, I uh, you know, part of my success, you know, I, I, I figured out like recently, I just, uh, I love people because no way, uh, you know, a manager can does the things I do, like help guys with cut or go running or go training with the guys or just uh, have my family to leave and have Khabib and his team here for 10 days and my family stay in a small apartment. And I think just, uh, I think I'm just passionate about uh, what I do and helping other human beings and being a former, you know, mediocre fighter myself and competing at a high level in judo and, and I, you know, I'm an athlete, uh, I'm a competitor, you know, and I understand what these uh, guys go through, through, uh, training camp, suffering, sacrificing, getting away from my family. And you put this in an abundance, I, uh, I just appreciate them so much. And I want to go on behalf to make sure uh, I can do the best that I can for them to make that life easier and give them a better life. You know, I don't know if this, if this resonates with you, but when I've interviewed people who have achieved a certain level of success, there can be a struggle. You get to be so either recognizable uh, and or successful that you lose a sense of yourself. It's you sort of lose that appreciation that you're even in the world that you're in because you've, you know, you get the accolades. But I get the sense from you just in talking now that you still have such a deep appreciation for even being a part of sort of the MMA family. H have you had to has that been a struggle? Because you are very well known in the space and you've had great success and people, they know your face, they know your name, right? But I don't get the sense that that's changed you in a way that, that has permanently changed you. Like you're still the same guy that really appreciates the world that you're in. Is that, am I right on that? I'm the same guy. Just, even my friend that know me 20 years ago, they said I, I never really changed, you know, 
maybe I have a little nicer suit or nicer food. Maybe nicer. <laughs> you do have good suits. <laughs> but uh, in reality, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, fame and, uh, you know, fame, fame and money, they, they don't really change people. They really show you who they really are. If you, this person you say you are, uh, it's going to show because these things just change you. Um, but I think, uh, I, I like to believe I, 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 uh, I stay true to myself. I, uh, I have certain rules, uh, rules I go by, and and and, and, I, and I feel uh, guys like Frankie Edgar, you know, been with me for almost 15 years. He's now not not on a winning streak, but he still is my brother. I still talk with him often. I still speak with him. Enzo Gracia, guy who gave me an opportunity since day one. You know, uh, you know, it's just a relationship with me. When people become stronger, it does not become weaker, and and six day success, how successful they are. It doesn't matter if they're successful or not. Of course, guys like Kamaru Osman, I need more time with him because he's a pound for pound best fighter in the world today, right? Uh, I will give them more, more of my time because my obligation to him got bigger, right? But the way I feel about the people who give me an opportunity because without these people, I'm nothing, you know? And I always say, um, I'm, a, I'm a servant of many masters. But, you know, I got so many masters that I have to serve. And sometimes, you know, kill me. But I feel I never want to make somebody feel he lost a couple of fights. I don't care about him. Or uh, I'm not talking to him anymore. Or, or because maybe he's a small guy. I, I pay attention to the little guys, you know, who's coming up. You know, and, um, and I'm just, uh, to be honest, I'm grateful. I can never dream to do this job. I, I can never dream to have a good house or to have a beautiful family or, or to live the life I live and I don't take it for granted. Let's talk about the role of management and, and ambassadorship maybe. Um, I think the, let's say the American public, when they think of boxing, <clears throat> they think of the Don Kings of the world, right? Sort of bigger than life in that manner, right? Sort of just in your face, you know, uh, so vocal and whether you like it or not, you're going to hear from Don King. Like that's sort of like in the, the pantheon of American boxing and fighting, you've got these, you know, these personalities that feel a little bit larger than life. How is it different in MMA? Um, because yeah, I saw you interacting with people and in my head, I thought a little bit, you know, about like a Don King, you're not a Don King. I didn't get that sense at all, but where are you? What's the reality and, and what sort of, you know, fiction? I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I met Mike Tyson uh, like six, seven years ago. And he was very standard after me, you know. And after that, we get to know each other. We become a very personal friend to me. You know, we talk all the time, we text. And he told me, that, you know, you changed my mind about management. I thought all oh, management scumbags, they, you know, they guzzlers, they, they rob people. And I get to know you. I feel it's different. So I come from the world of boxing. With all the management motive is just bad people. You know, uh, you know. I, listen, I, a lot of people try to compare me to Don King. I'm, I think I don't think I'm Don King. I think <laughs> I, I just can't do the things he did to Mike. You know, I just don't think me as a human being I can do this to anybody on any level, right? Um, and I just think honestly, me being a, a competitor or being an athlete, you know, me being poor, appreciate make me appreciate I'm, a, I'm an absolute savage when it comes to business uh, you're an absolute but, savage when it comes to business but, but i'm talking about but if you on my team i'm gonna be savage for you yeah uh 
But if you, you know, if you're not on my team, I'll be savage against you. When my guys fight fighters, they become my enemy immediately. I don't like their photos. I don't follow them. I, uh, I my mind changed. My mind think like a fighter now. You think like a fighter. He become because in a way, can you imagine? I manage somebody and I follow guys he fights and I like his photos, right? But my mind changed. I'd be like, now he's the enemy. And after the fight, everything, no one is respectful, cordial. Everything is okay. But it will come with someone like Kamba. I was never going to be okay with this guy. I never going to be okay because this guy, he's everything wrong about being a fighter. He's everything wrong about being a good human being. He just did not, Conor McGregor did not represent, represent martial art. He represents a little bit of boxing, a little bit of fame, you know. You know, he was at one point a decent fighter, you know. But right now, just uh, if, if you ask his people, who would you like respect? Kamaru Osman or Khabib or Khan, right? They say, no, of course. They like the flash and the swag and what Connor brings. But as a human being, would you let Connor go on a date with your daughter, right? Absolutely, you're going to say no. Would you let Kamaru Osman go on a date with your daughter? He said, he's a great man. Yes, I will let him, right? But in a way, uh, you know, I love the sport. I respect every fighter who stepped into the cage. Uh, you know, as a competitor, right? Some guys outside the cage, they're not, you know, that's why when you talk about Habib, uh, George St. Pierre, Kamara Usman, this guy, this guy is a real true Hall of Fame, you know, uh, because in reality, they've been good and inside and outside, you know, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm grateful to be part of this. Let's talk about MMA and where the American public is in its acceptance, its uh, celebration of MMA, because, you know, back when, when ESPN jumped on board with UFC, there were a lot of questions, right? And, but now it's commonplace. And now we've got Eagle FC, like, where are we in the, in the growth or tra the trajectory of MMA in the overall acceptance, the celebration, right? The fandom of MMA fighters in the U.S. You know, when you have the, you know, the UFC uh, or PFL and, and ESPN owned by Disney, everything is okay because, you know, Disney do not touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> Disney is the, is, the, is the gold standard for exception, exception in the U.S., in the, in the world, worldwide, you know. If you want Disney, you know you made it. You, you become the fastest growing sport in the world. You want biggest sport in the world. You know, uh, uh, Disney is the gold standard of sports, right? Uh, ESPN, and you know you got you know guys like uh, Dana White, you know who's uh, who's been working to build the sport uh, since day one, you know. And uh, I don't think he get enough credit, and I think he get a lot of criticism. But without him, would not be here. You know, a lot of other great promoters like Scott Coker, like you know, like Khabib now is a promoter. Many other promoters, and uh, and I do appreciate every promoter. You know, a lot of people they want to hate a promoter, right? But without the promoter, you know, it was no money for these fighters, right? And that's why people always forget how grateful he can be, right? Of course, the fighter always want to make millions, millions of dollars. The promoter want to pay you the least much money he can, he can. But it's up to the manager to really negotiate for your athlete and get whatever he think he deserves, right? But listen, it's never enough. Everybody want more on the both side. This world is never going to be like, I'm happy. 
only guy who's happy was Khabib. But I, Khabib never complained about money. You know, it, it was very strange. But he was he was getting paid. He was getting paid. You know, uh, big penny. Uh, but you know, he deserved every penny he ever got. You know, I think he deserved way more. You know, but and I think it was about him, it was not just about the money. It was about the the mission, about the accomplishment. You know, and I see guys like Kamar Osman now. He's following the same footstep. Great guy, great father. And uh, you're going to see Islam Makhachev in the same way. You know, many great guys in the sport. Guys like Benil Darush, who's an angel, you know. Uh, and some of the coaches too, some of the coaches, they don't get enough credit. I think uh, they are a huge part of the sport also, you know. Uh, I know I spoke to a lot of medias and stuff like that. And uh, people think I am behind the scene, I do everything. But in reality, if I don't have good coaches around me, I'm nothing. Headroom is produced by Old Soul, a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance. Reach out to my guy, Matt, at Old Soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy. That's Old Soul. Shoot Matt a note at aoldsoul.com. That's A-O-L-D-S-O-U-L.com. And now, back to our guest. Yeah, it's definitely your part. It is a collaborative effort. Do you mind sharing with me? We heard some music in the background. Was that prayer? What were we? What were we listening to? That was the the Zohar prayer for uh, for you know the like like midday prayer. Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought that's what I heard. I just wanted to to clarify that. Um, it's an honor just to be a part. So I appreciate. It. I know it's 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 your home and shared space in that regard. Uh, Let's talk about, you said being a savage in business. So do you consider, Ali, yourself an entrepreneur first or a manager, a manager first? Where, where does being an entrepreneur fit in your, your life? I have, I have my first job when I was eight years old. No, I, you know, your first job at eight? I was doing work and I think, uh, I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very competitor. I think I like to work. I think I'm a, I like to win. And I think I like to win when everybody wins. You know, like it's very big difference in this business. Everybody want to take, 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 and they never want to get back. You know, I like to win when everybody wins. I like to win. When I make a deal, everybody happy. And this is what's the difference between me and me and any other management. Uh, everybody, some, you know, some of these guys are really good too, not only me in the space. I, I just, when I make a deal, I make sure everybody's happy. Fighters are happy, the promoter is happy. Because when you do a deal, one person is not happy, it's going to last for so long and it's going to go bad, you know. But, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think you know, I don't want to call myself anything because I don't, I think I prefer people to call me what they think. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just a poor kid. Come here to the United States. It was a dream. It was $97 in his pocket. $97 in your pocket. Uh, I was I was 17 years old. I cannot speak one word of English. <clears throat> I lived in the street for a couple of days in New Jersey. I didn't have a place to go to. Uh, and after that, I lived in a pizzeria store in the winter mill in the winter. And after that, I, you know, I got some little bit of money together and I went, you know, my goal was to go to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. I lived there and trained, you know. Uh, but, you know, I've been working since I uh, I got here. I've been working, I've been training, two, three jobs. You know, I, I, I just, uh, I've been working since day one. You know, uh, you know, uh, I come from a very poor family, very underprivileged. I, I, I was a national champion in judo. I won many international tournaments. 
Uh, but judo is a rich sport in Egypt, you know. Poor people do but I find a way and I, I become a champion in judo, you know. And that's why I come to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Spring, Colorado, and I was invited to train with the, with the US Olympic team. Uh, I'm grateful for them, all of them, uh, Coach Eddie Lady, because, I, you know, guys like me, they shouldn't be living and training there because I'm from different countries, you know. And, uh, and uh, I, I went through a lot of struggle, up and down, you know, uh, just uh, especially after the 9-1-1, it was a very hard time for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, uh, uh, America is the greatest country on the planet because you can dream here. You know, you cannot dream in Egypt or Nigeria or some of these places if the dream does not exist. And this is why, you know, uh, the American dream, it's, uh, it's something special. You know, I get to meet the president of the United States you know, uh, you know, uh, on a couple of occasions, uh, I was shocked. I was like, I never in Egypt met a, a police officer. You know what I'm saying? And I get, I'm here because the hard work and everything I did, uh, I got introduced to the president of the United States by Dana White and my friend Richard Darnell. Uh, and that was the highlight of my, my my career, you know, because, you know, you know, being in the Middle East and uh, you know, you get called names on the internet, whatever McGregor say about me, and uh, people call you like a terrorist and this. And after that, uh, I get to show the world, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm an okay human being. I get to meet the president of the United States and he shout my name, thank me on national television. You know, that was not for me. That was for my kids, you know, for my kids to see, you know what, my, your daddy was, a, was an okay guy. You know, he was not the guy other people try to talk about it. because you know, you know, when you're successful, people try to put you down. And I never believed in that, but I never know I can be successful. And of course, I'm not saying I'm the most successful guy in the world, but whatever I do, I believe I, I, believe I do a very good job. You know, I, I believe I do a job because my passion is different than everybody else. You know. I, you know, it's, I'm so glad that you brought up the American dream piece. And I love the the story about being with the president. And in that moment, you're really, you're not Ali, the the famous manager, right? In MMA and a national champion in judo, your dad, which is just such a cool. Uh, it's the most important thing to me in life to be a good dad. Yeah. I asked Habib and you touched on it. I asked him if he felt like the American dream was still alive because we're so divisive right now, right? It's sort of. You have to pick a side, it feels very much. And and I'm wondering, not just is the American dream alive, but from an immigrant perspective, how do you think about it in that way? Because you're on this side of it, right? You've achieved it in this country, you've achieved a level of success where, yes, you might, there might be hateful speech from a Conor McGregor who's just doing it so his Instagram goes up. Uh, you know, that kind of a thing. But if it's if it's a new immigrant coming to the US, what's your thought about the American dream for? the young Ali that's now in the U.S. in 2022? Listen, you know, when I come to this country, everybody in Egypt, they thought when you land in the airport, people are going to give you a bag and you're going to collect money from the ground. <laughs> and uh, I never thought this way because I, I never believed something should be handed to you. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and just I think it's opportunity to work. It's opportunity. You can be anything you want to be. You know, this is why this is the greatest country on the planet. You know, I, I'm more, I'm, I lived here in this country more than I lived in Egypt. 
it's not like I don't like Egypt. You know, I, I like Egypt. You know, I, uh, you know, I like you know, I have family there. My father is there. You know, but in a way, it's not fair. It, it's not fair there. Here, here, it's up to you. You can make it fair or not. You understand? And everybody who's on the street begging for money or, or you know, some people have mental illness. I understand. Some people they can't work. But if you do not make it in America, it's on you. You know what I'm saying? It's American dream. Anybody, everybody can buy a house and have a car and have a family. It's very easy. But you, all you have to do is just work and be true to yourself. Where does education fit into your world? And maybe I'm asking you as a dad, but how do you think about education basically fueling the opportunities to make the decisions, make the rules? Like, where are you when you think about your education um, as a young person in Egypt, you're, you're maybe on the job training or education here in the U S like when you land in New Jersey and how you think about it for your kids. Listen, I, I was, uh, I was out of high school when I went to Egypt, I would, I would finish one year in college, you know, Dr. Egypt, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a education easy. It doesn't really matter what's matter. Who's your father is, how much you have, what kind of, who, you know, and so, and I'm, you know, and here my kids, uh, I have a great wife uh, who really big on education, and I feel education always you should have back in your, your back pocket. I went to I went to community college here. I didn't learn anything in college. Uh, I, it doesn't help me with anything. Maybe help me read a little bit better or write a little bit better. But for me, I, I just uh, I didn't think college was going to help me. But maybe for my kids will help. Me. You know, you know, and um, it's very important, I think, to have an education uh, because you, if you cannot, because everybody doesn't have move maybe the way I move or, or have street smart or uh, or can just fight his way through life. You know, some people just they made to work nine to five. This is who they are. If everybody's entrepreneur in the world, the world will not, it will not survive. You know, and I'm not saying I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, if, if if you view me this way, I, I'm gonna say thank you. But <laughs> I, feel, I think I'm just a. I open every door people said I cannot open. I, I conquered every dream people said I cannot do. And I was being told since day one, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. And just being an African man who's Muslim living in America, to be a manager alone, I don't. All these guys have law degrees. All these guys, you know, uh, have uh, education. I don't. But one of the things I do, I understand. I've been on the mat. I've been, I've been in the, in the ring, and I, I understand the art of war. I understand the art of war in fighting and outside fighting. You know, and I think life, it's about the art of war, and I understand that very well. You know, if 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 go back in the days we live in a Achilles or something like that. I think I've been a great warrior too, because I understand his discipline. You know, a lot of people I have discipline, and a lot of people they take it for granted. I understand. I always remember I was this kid sleeping with eight children and one room on the floor. A lot of these people can. I always remind myself that, and that's why I think what takes me so far in life discipline and, and honesty. You know, honesty in business. You know, I I don't lie in business. You know. I don't lie in business. You can, can never sign anybody in this business that I lie to them about anything, you know. And uh, 
And just because, not because I'm such a great guy, it's a code. I'm a man, you know, I'm not. It's a and code. I think, and I think real men, only cower can cheat through with business. And I believe in Allah, I believe in God. And I think we are, I'm not perfect by any means, but I believe every dime I will feed my kid it has to be good money, not through cheating or lying. Do you miss the ring? Uh, you know what, man? I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I have like three back surgeries, but normally every training session with Habib, I was with him, sparring with him, training with him. I was all my guys I trained. That's just, you know, you know, I understand I'm 44 years old. You know, I can't do what these guys do, but I, but I'm a very competitive man. You know, like if I put on a, a boxing gloves, I was power Habib. Uh, he punched me, I'll punch him, I'll kick him, you know. Of course, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't compete with that. Kamara Osman, but I'll get out. They know I'll give him my best. You know, I'll, I'll give him my best. I, I have no problem sparring with Francis Ngannou at all. And I, I did spar with Francis Ngannou. I just, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a different feeling. It's better than all the money in the world. It's better than every nice suit or every nice car just to be inside that. And the man with this guy's sweat, it's, it's a form of respect. It's a shared brotherhood. That was the one thing when I was at Eagle FC in the audience, in the crowd, I was absolutely struck by the brotherhood. The first fight had to be called. And the, 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 the fighter that, that lost went to his knees, Ali. And I don't know if you had been in the arena at that point, but he started to weep. He was crying. And his competitor came right over to him, put his arm around him. And I just thought, man, the brotherhood is so strong. You can't, you have to be in person to see that, to feel it. It's it's respect, it's martial art. You know, sometimes you go like that. Sometimes you're going to have the Khabib on the opposite. You have Khabib jumping out of the cage, you know. It it depends how most of the time, 90% of the time, guys are really well. You know, MMA is not like boxing. Boxing is different. Like it's come from bad neighborhoods or they try to fight their way out of the hood. A lot of these MMA guys are very smart. They have college education. They wrestled in college. Uh, you know, Habib probably one of the most intelligent people I ever met. You know, it's it's it's, it's mind-boggling. You know, uh, you guys talk guys like Kamara Usman, Kayla Harrison. She's a two-time Olympian, you know, a world champion, and she become a, an MMA champion, two-time PFL champion, you know. Uh, you meet a lot of great people in the sport, a lot, a lot of good people. If you Bad apple, but doesn't. That's but life, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's happened, you know. But at the end of the day, uh, you can fake it for so long, and after so many years, people don't know who you really are. Well, I get the sense that that you don't fake it; that you're incredibly honest, probably to a fault in that regard. Some might say. Let, let me ask speak- you. You speak your mind. L- let's close with this, Ali. Your story, the story of you, is it a story of an immigrant overcoming? great odds? Is it the story of a man? Is it the story of a fighter? What, what resonates with you? What do you connect with more? Uh, I was the story of, you know, I'm privileged cage, you know, come to this country and given an opportunity, you know, and it's been up and down. My story is a very big story. Like I, I can't get to it. We need like 10 days to finish my stories. You know, there's a lot of things in my stories that I, I will never discuss and some of the stuff I discussed it, you know. Uh, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. But uh, it was a test from, from God, you know. I get tested all the time. If you're not tested, 
what I believe if you don't get tested in life, it's going to end very bad for you. You know, uh, we all be tested. And I think I was, you know, I was given an opportunity to come into this beautiful country. Uh, I was given a dream. It would have been up and down. And I made the best out of it. And now I believe I won. I have four, four beautiful children. I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing loyal friends who is my fathers and my brothers, you know, and, uh, and uh, you can ask about anybody. This Ali that or Larry die for his fighter in so many different ways, and I will, you know. And uh, I'm just grateful to be in this beautiful country, living my American dream. Uh, the American dream is real. You can dream in here. You cannot dream anywhere else. Well, this has been an incredible honor and a privilege to be able to spend time with you in your home uh, and to share, you know, some of your stories. So I just want to thank you, Ali, for for. Uh, being open and transparent about it. Cause I think it, it, it lets us into the MMA world. Um, just like I had the experience at Eagle FC that the, uh, the brotherhood, the, the compassion, the respect to your point, uh, is alive and well. And I think we need more stories like that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for taking the plunge into headroom where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom. Headroom.